late 90s, early aughts, Patrick was a quite big DMX fan. Hello and welcome to another episode of Let's Rewatch, the show where we watch movies that we loved in our youth and find out if there's still any good. I'm Brett. I'm Sam. I'm Ash. And I'm Pat. I like Thank the energy God. we're bringing. <laughs> we did it, guys. For the listeners, that was our second take 25 minutes into the recording. We're, we're on a freaking roll today. <laughs> Everything technology. is awesome. Yes, technology. <laughs> oh, man. So, guys... So excited. Yes. Today mm-hmm. is a cool day. Uh, got a special, special guest joining us. We do. We have John Armstrong. Welcome, John. Uh, thanks. Hey, guys, I just want to let you know, I have a hard out next Tuesday. So okay. if, we could get, <laughs> if we could just get this rolling along a little bit, I would like, uh, you know, I, I got I to, gotta, you know. You have a gotta, place to be? Go. You have to I go somewhere? Go. Yeah. yeah, we really deserve that. We do. Yes. But that was yeah. yikes. <laughs> uh, well, now that John has thoroughly slammed us, uh, for those who don't know, John is a awesome magician. He's won Close of Magician of the Year. You've been on several TV shows, such as The Tonight Show, The Today Show, Pen and Teller, Fool Us, which is my personal favorite out of those, and. For the comic fans out there, John has also co-created the comic Smoke and Mirrors, which is very cool Ooh, as awesome. well. Yeah, it's cool stuff. Yeah, it was a book we do with IUW. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. That's super and rad. And your, your, uh, your normal gig was working on a Disney cruise ship, correct? Yes. I was actually, all right, real quick, I don't want to monopolize too much of this. But, um, no, no, no! Go for right, it. Do right it. when all the right when all the major COVID John Quick is happening. not a thing that this <laughs> podcast does. If we haven't proved anything to you so far, oh no! I, I am sure of it. I, I didn't realize this was a long herald. I, uh, <laughs> this is the, basically the odyssey of podcasts. But anyway, did you pack I, rations? I, I, the, anyway, so anyway, here of Warren Peace of podcasts. Anyway, I'm just saying that uh, I uh, I was on. The Disney Wonder, which was doing a trans, uh, it was moving from its um, position, a transpositional cruise, which basically moving from its one position in New Orleans through the Panama Canal to uh, San Diego. 14 ah. days. During that 14 days, we weren't able to actually, because of the, all the COVID stuff, we weren't able to stop, which means I was supposed to be on for five days, but I actually was on all 14 of the days. Oh, and, I, and I had to do like, I ended up doing eight shows by myself. Oh no! That's besides the point. So we, all the other ships had actually had got back in, had already dis- disembarked. All the other cruise lines was stopped, shut down. Um, all the theme parks were closed. Uh, retail, sporting events, anything. But we still had oh, two man. more days to sail to San Diego. So we were technically the last happiest place on earth. Oh <laughs> no! <laughs> we were the last thing that was actually like operating normally until we were getting into port. It was ridiculous. Oh, man. Yeah. And That's you guys insane. didn't have to quarantine on the ship? No, uh, we didn't have any cases on the ship. Um, oh, and it, Yeah, it, it turned out everything was fine. And then uh, we all got in. And then I guess some people got it after that, um, obviously. But but no, yeah. um, it, it all worked out. I mean, we drove, me and my wife, we drove actually from San Diego. They, they were arranging a flight for us. I'm like, no, no, we'll drive. We don't want to even deal with an airport right now. And <laughs> Uh-huh. Nice. So, yeah, yeah, it was it was insane. So yes, I should be. I lost 
a significant amount of money uh, this year. I should have uh-huh. been headlo- headlining uh, Disney Cruise Line um, within doing also doing a, a casino in Reno uh, every other week. And uh, uh-huh. I'm currently uh, not doing that. So um, it, it's been, a, uh, yeah. But you are doing some cool stuff. You're doing shows at home, right? Like through Zoom and whatnot. Yes, yeah, so I've been doing uh, basically virtual magic for people who uh, are uh, different, you know, who are doing their meetings from work or for kids who are Hawaii have still have birthday parties that are not more, a lot more fun than just people driving by in their car. Oh, yeah. Car, the car parade thing. And uh, I, uh, I'm having a good time with it. It's a lot yeah. of fun. It's it's kind of fun to play with the medium and do stuff that you don't get to normally uh, see or do uh, in a video thing. I mean, you can only watch is uh, is six feet close enough for close up magic? Uh, it's, that, I don't know. I think then I can do more parlor magic. I can be. I can play bigger. Mm-hmm. There you go. <laughs> yeah, so I'm what? sure that's an interesting challenge to like adapt. You know your stuff to fit the medium, right? Yeah, it's less about adapting and, and honestly about taking uh, the medium itself and then going from there and creating things that work for it. So mm-hmm. I've kind of rewrote everything that I do. Like I, I re, uh, not just reworked it, but like I started from the ground uh, from the ground floor and built up brand new material. So oh, cool. I yeah, guess the plunger it, still works, right? The mini I, plunger. I do still do time plunger, yeah, because I do <laughs> an teller clip and things like that. So, and then I guess in the short term too, if our fan, if our listeners want to like support you, what they could buy the comic book on Comicsology. Is that one way? Uh, no, I, I I don't see a dime of that money. Uh, that was oh, oh, really? no. <laughs> that's, that's all. That's all. That's a long time ago, sir. Uh, <laughs> that contract is way spent. Um, no, um, I, uh, the easiest way to support me is to go to my website and, uh, cardjohn.com, C-A-R-D-J-O-N.com. And then check out, uh, the stuff that I have there. And if you're interested in doing a, um, a show of any sort, uh, or I also do one-on-one workshops where if you wanted to learn some magic while you're in your quarantine and learn how to do some cool stuff, um, and pick up a new hobby or skill, I uh, do that as well. So that's all there on my, uh, my site. Nice. Very and is cool. it, is the link to are are the uh, Zoom shows p- public or how do that? Yeah, that it's work? All, it's uh, this the Zoom shows are either private shows that I'm doing for people who you know hire me, corporations, you know, individual families, whatever. Uh, or I have been doing a couple public shows that you'd find uh, on my site as well. But for the most part, I've been doing the private shows. Uh, and uh, to make it really easy for everybody, I uh, it's. Uh, all the stuff I'm talking about is at carjohn.com slash podcast. So there you go. Makes Perfect. Excellent. Breaking into the lucrative world of podcasting. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like it's more lucrative for him, though, than it is for us. Probably. <laughs> it's not super lucrative. It helps having actual skills. Nice. But it, but uh, to transition there, as you were bringing up the comic book, Pat, we asked John what he wanted to watch, and you did choose a comic book movie. Uh, that would pro- most likely happen if you yeah. have anything to do with me or uh, what I like to watch. Uh, yeah, I couldn't I, tell by your Captain America hat and Captain America t-shirt today that oh, you were is, a comic book fan. Oh, I, I am. I am. I, 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 was a, I was a DC guy. Like my wedding ring, I don't know if you can see this, but my wedding ring is the bat is, is the Dark Knight uh, utility belt from the Knights. Oh, that's, that's right. I noticed you that's said you awesome. were a DC guy. Yeah. Yeah. Were. What happened? 
I was a big D, I was a big DC guy forever. Uh, I mean, it's, it's still Batman all the way. But when I read comics, um, but the MCU, like the first Iron Man movie, really started with me love Marvel. And I was never a Marvel guy, um, mostly because I always felt like a lot of the Marvel stuff was just so like I don't know. I I, I didn't like the idea that like some people with powers were hated, and some people with powers were okay. And it was mm. it was like if you get your powers because of a serum, you're okay. But if you get your powers because you're a mutant, then somehow that's terrible. Like I never, I, I didn't understand why. Like if you're afraid of powers, you should just be afraid of powers, not the idea, oh. not the idea of where the powers come from. Like I don't see how that's the issue. Um, which is a good transition if you think about it to the movie we're talking about. Yes, it is. Which it is, is the first uh, X X Men. <laughs> Yeah. X-Men. <laughs> X-Men. which i didn't know until recently was part of the marvel universe because hector navarro posted something about it and said what is your favorite marvel movie and he had like oh, the X-Men poster you yeah, didn't know it was a marvel property yeah yeah, yeah it's not, i didn't know oh, like oh, MCU, they were you but yeah they're not mcu they're going mm-hmm. to be in the future they are a marvel property i mean ash they are they were the marvel property in like the nineties, oh, okay. and they, they, yeah, yeah, X Men animated yeah. series is dope. So good. Oh, yeah, I it's on Disney that. Plus. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I'm extra excited for this too because John, I also wasn't a Marvel person until quarantine when I decided I would eventually watch all of the Marvel movies that I haven't seen. So I've been going through and watching the Marvel films, not in release order, in actual like chronological order of when they occur in the timeline which is super helpful by the way like i used to, it used to just be like people would be like you have to watch this one and i'd be like i have no idea what's happening and so watching them in like order of like historical like this one takes place in 1991 this one takes place <laughs> in 1995 like it has been so helpful for me but i have jumped onto the marvel team as well and she's really big apology when she finishes yeah. because she's I know, shit I know, I know. <laughs> being all emotional Pat. about infinity war and endgame this like is you're gonna eat huge. so much crow <laughs> <laughs> yep this is a huge change in and ash it, mm-hmm. huge. i was a big marvel hater to be honest i wasn't like into the superhero movies john but then right. this has really changed and i think it's all about like watching them in the right order because when you the thing is is the marvel movies that i don't mean to like take us on this marvel tangent but they like oh we're going they don't like they don't hold your hand and like explain shit and so if you haven't seen the 17 million other movies that you had to see before you have no idea what they're talking about at least that's how i felt when i would watch them in the past and now watching them in order i'm like Oh my god, I get that reference. Watch oh, I know what they're talking stone. about. These yeah. don't look infinite. They're pretty tiny. <laughs> but it's not like, like that's like a bigger picture thing. It's even smaller picture things where they'll, they'll be like, I bet you don't know where Bruce Banner is right now. And in the past, I would have been like, I don't, what? And now I'm like, oh, because he left. I get it now. <laughs> Ash, this is I, your I, character I, arc. Yes. <laughs> I'm not sure if it's because you're watching it in the order or that you're just watching watching them. them yes, <laughs> that could be. That could because, be. I mean, uh, if you really think about it, um, the the structure of the the MCU, and we're just talking about the 23 movies of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, the MCU. 
Um, if we're, if if you take a look at those th- those movies, much like any other great work of fiction, whether it be like you know a novel or other types of movies that use flashback and flash forward as a storytelling mm-hmm. device, that's exactly what's going on. Yeah. So. So Iron Man puts you in one point in time and then the other films uh, go back and forth from those points in time to then tell the story that then will eventually lead into Infinity War and to into Endgame, you know, right. um, with Far From Home being mostly just a coda, um, basically just like a, like a little tag. Yeah. Ashley hates flashbacks. She only watches Memento reverse in reverse. <laughs> That's not true. But, so, so, pulp, so Pulp Fiction was very confusing for you. That was a big hard thing for you to get through Pulp Fiction. The movie? The Quentin Tarantino movie? Yeah. No. Okay. All right. That that also uses linear time moving back and forth. (laughs) Just so you know. No, he's joking. I'm okay with that. No, speaking (laughs) of franchises that have rock solid continuity, uh, (laughs) we're going to (laughs) watch X Men. And I feel like we need to get moving on the topic, guys, because I have way more notes for this than I normally have because some. Some he of the notes loves are very the X Men. Do you also have a hard out? Love X Men on I Tuesday. Love <laughs> <laughs> uh, I actually do have. Me and Pat both have hard out on Tuesday. Yeah, but uh, so I was talking with Pat yesterday uh, briefly, and I, I I was like, I can't tell you my favorite fact, and I'm just going to open with my favorite fact because Ooh. it's going to color your entire viewing of the film if you didn't know it. Oh no, uh, Hugh Jackman in this movie had was wearing a wig and fake sideburns oh no no. why (laughs) why would you tell me that wow takes all the sexy away yeah it's like the last movie we watched where pat was like that one guy couldn't actually break dance and then i couldn't unsee (laughs) him not knowing how to break dance through the movie (laughs) it was really rough Uh, but apparently his his uh, he hated the way he looked so much after having watched the movie he was like never again and like the rest of the films he's got like the natural chops so mm-hmm. was the wig like because he didn't want to grow his hair that way or um, they did not want Hugh Jackman in this movie initially they went through like oh. six other people what? He, they hired him like three weeks into filming oh, uh, he was ooh, not no, he was not in not shape good uh, oh, no. I guess you're supposed to like keep a lookout for uh, just the widely varying amount of jackedness of Hugh Jackman uh, because <laughs> in different shots it's he was stark. in different shape. <laughs> it's been yeah. a long time since I've seen the movie, but I saw within the last like two years someone had posted one of those side by sides of him in like the last two appearances as as Wolverine, and then in the first X Men and him him a little skinny boy in the first one. <laughs> I think to be fair, he spent from that that point on. He spent fifteen years, sixteen years, working out like a bodybuilder for his job. So wow, yeah, wow. it's ridiculous. Uh, I mean, I feel like I feel like looking at the uh, um, some of the shots in this. I feel like Pat, you could probably beat up Hugh Jackman at, at, at the beginning of this. <laughs> I could beat him up now. No, <laughs> isn't, he, isn't he pretty short too, Hugh Jackman? No, but Wolverine no, is. Not, but the character is supposed Wolverine to be. Wolverine is supposed to be really short, but yeah. Hugh Jackman was way too tall to play Wolverine. Oh, oh yeah, that was the nerds were upset about that. Um, yeah, well, I mean, I am, but the nerds I, were upset about something. They got upset yeah. about something. <laughs> Uh, yeah, Hugh Jackman is six uh, two, and uh, apparently Wolverine's supposed to be five three. Yeah, him little guy. Um, that's that's me. Difference. 
That's an inch he, taller than me. He's supposed to be like a little bowling ball of muscle, like short, but like ripped like and jacked. I'm a huge, like Danny I, I DeVito. Have, <laughs> 30 feet away from me is a box with the original first 30 issues of the Wolverine solo comic, oh. all in perfect condition. Nice. So yeah, I'm all, I'm about that Logan life. I think it's safe <laughs> to say I'm a fan. <laughs> <laughs> but um, for some reason, like, I am a nerd and I like this stuff. For some reason, a lot of those these casting things have never bothered me that much. Where I'm like, mm-hmm. I get it's a different medium and who you know, I don't know. I feel like it's hit or miss with details that upset me or don't. Because I feel like if it's really that critical, I can see with this one the height thing because it's kind of critical. But I don't know, uh, John, you're a fan, obviously. Yeah, is that something that like bothered you at first or did no, you or- I, no because again i was not i was never really a big marvel reader i know i never read a yeah. single x-men comic before i saw this film so like oh. you know that was not where i was coming from um i well, i loved this movie because I, it to me it unlike some other stuff in that we had happened previously to um when when it came to like quote unquote superhero movies or comic book movies um, that they they were taking the character seriously, like it seemed to be like actual reverence. I mean, like to open the movie opens in essentially uh, a concentration camp, and oh, you wow. see the sadness, like the absolute like like um, uh, destruction in this person's eyes, and because of that, I mean, of all of the death and the awfulness that's happening around him, his powers manifest. Uh, you know, uh, Mandiego's powers uh, manifest, and he has like this moment where he's able to, to, to bend the bars, and it's 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 incredible. And that right then, I was like, all right, they're taking this seriously. This is not like you know supposed to be a, 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 it's not a fun cape and tights romp, you know. Mm-hmm. And and it's it, it's not the uh, the Batman, but you know the sixties Batman, which I love, by the way. I think what you know for its own self, like I love, but it, it's not like. It's not supposed to be dark and weird and gothic like the Batman uh, from uh, Tim Burton because this is where again was all what I you know had had in my mind before that you know it wasn't like that stuff it wasn't the weird campy things of the Batman from the sixties it was here's a here's here's people who have powers and real life events things that actually matter uh, in the I mean in the greater scheme of things are why these powers are manifesting or why they're using their powers to me that was like oh wait. Wait, 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 wait. This, this is, this is what you're. Okay, okay. I'll watch this. And it, that, I loved that. And that seemed to be like them taking um, a, a far more. I don't know, like just like not. I hate to use real term realistic because it's not really realistic, but like has it, weight it, grounded. Like, yeah, grounded like, weight. Yeah, exactly. Grounded, and, yeah. Then, and then yeah, because you start here. Then if you move forward through, because this movie isn't has anything to do with the MCU. But you could see that it is planting the seeds of what eventually become uh, becomes the MCU, which is something that like I, I adore. So, like I, I love that. But again, that opening scene, like right, just like saying, "Oh, look, there's, you know, they're in, they're in Auschwitz. I, mean, I don't know which concentration camp they're in, but I think they're in Poland. But they're like, here's this, here's this, uh, and he's pulling the the, the bars, and it's insane. Mm-hmm. And that's like, okay, we care. I care now. I care instantly in a right. way that if they would have opened in, you know. So the normal way that these things open, which is like, you know, the, the bad guys are going on their little, uh, you know, trying to rob a bank or whatever. And then the guy set up, uh, the superhero comes in to save the day. I would I would care so much less, you know. Mm-hmm. 
totally. It totally. definitely they go out of their way to set up the uh, like the characters in this movie are like real people with real feelings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and you know, I, it makes like one one of the reasons why I didn't like a lot of superhero movies originally was because when like the world is at stake or like the whole universe is at stake, it almost feels like nothing's at stake because it's not like personal versus like him in a concentration camp that's extremely personal you know like that that's like it makes you feel for that character right away versus when every superhero movie you know is like i i hate to make this comparison but like dragon ball z totally did this over and over and over again where it's like the stakes were always the same here's another bad guy that's going to destroy the planet so we have to super saiyan again you know it's like it gets old after a while so when the stakes are more personal it i think it connects you to the characters more yeah of course in dragon ball uh goku had to watch some of his friends die first before getting emotionally invested ouch <laughs> <laughs> Uh, what oh else? man, if if he's gonna come after you for that Dragon Ball Z bird. It's it's pretty good though. I think he would agree. Uh <laughs> there's a there's a lot of fun facts about this movie. Um uh, Rebecca Romaine is uh Mystique and uh mm. I have two two facts. One was her uh the prosthesis that she wears uh has like eight thousand scales on it or something. Like Oh oof. wow. Uh, it took like seven hours to get her into costume every day, uh, and wow. they just put her in a dark trailer that had no contact with anyone, so that nobody would see what she looked like before her her uh, her parts. Oh, what? That's awful. Yeah, because I guess it was like a production, like a production secret. Like, what's Mystique gonna look like? And oh. so they didn't want anybody mm-hmm. taking pictures or anything. Oh, hmm. well, why does she have to be in the dark then? Well, I don't know if she it she was in the dark, cruel. but it was like. She was oh, okay. blocked off from everyone, you know. It's like a a, cr- a like crime punishment. <laughs> You'll go in the hole and you will stay there. Uh, but apparently, for her to celebrate her last day on set, she brought a bottle of tequila and got drunk with everybody. Uh, but did that before shooting her last scene, which was yes. a, fight, a fight scene with Wolverine. Oh no! <laughs> Not she, a good idea. She threw up all over him. oh my god that would have been a hilarious twist to that scene though if they kept that in yeah and i guess because she had like the blue like in her mouth and stuff like it she threw up blue all over wolverine oh my god (laughs) i guess Um, that's why she wasn't was she mystique again after that yeah she was in the second uh she was in the next three yeah I was like, when, yep. did she, uh, when did she get so swapped original out? Three, she was. Um, yeah, she she makes a little bit of a she makes a cameo, I think, in, in Days of Future Past too. Oh, does she? Yeah, as like one of the transformations or something. It's one of the transformations. Yeah, nice. Um, this is one of the. I think this is the only X Men movie that, despite being based on the X Men property, isn't based on a, a, a comic arc. This is like an oh. original plot that they wrote for this, which I think probably explains some of the. <laughs> seriousness of it huh hmm. yeah did sorry no. did marvel studios produce these as well or no this oh, is okay. when Mar- marvel had actually that had to sell off essentially uh-huh. all of their major um uh major comic titles to other studios to make money because they were getting, they were going bankrupt at this time wow. yeah. yeah they were was- drowning 
And they actually, there's a, there's a story about that where they offered Sony everything, the film rights to everything for like a cool <laughs> $20 million. And Sony's like, we'll just take Spider-Man. We're good. Oh my oh, God. Wow. So, yeah. so oh, what man. you're saying is if we had a time machine. <laughs> and $20 million. Uh, early, 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 yeah. Or, See, I firmly believe that the MC, the reason why the MCU is as good as it is is because they were the scrappy underdog. And they yeah. had to take these characters that were essentially, I mean, to some people beloved, but to others, yeah. there were B, if not C, listers mm-hmm. and and take them and create something. And and what the big gamble was, was Feige's idea of the interconnected universe where these films are all going to be connected. And because of that, we'll all lead into this one big film, which is going to be the Avengers. And. Like that is genius, and I don't think mm-hmm. any of that would have happened if they had everything separate. They would have just kept everything separate. They would, if they, I mean, you know, my point is that they had everything, and then they could just, if Sony would have bought all it, we would have never have seen like mm-hmm. a big, huge interconnected universe because it would never, totally. no one would have ever took that risk on it. And yeah, I think, I think this is, uh, and obviously that risk paid off. Well, mm-hmm. and totally. they're also like the best people to make the films because they're the originators, you know, like they, it's their content. And so anyone else might not like appreciate it and care for it as much as they might, you know, well, Brian Singer, who is a jerk, but let's move on. Uh, yes. uh, Brian Singer, not a big fan. Brian Singer, he on the set had banned comics. He wanted no comics. Uh, uh, he wanted no one wow. to see any comics at all. On the original X Men one, I think it, the, he had lifted the the ban by two, but it was a, and Kevin Feige, who was still at that point working as a uh, as a producer under Avi Arad and stuff like that for um, for Marvel, but a lower producer, not the 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 powerhouse he is now, would sneak Wolverine comics to Hugh Jackman, who was desperate to actually read more about the character that he was he was trying to portray. He would sneak, yeah. That, yeah. Why would it's, you do that? Well, it's the same as like I feel like Zack Snyder has a similar mentality, and he keeps getting like superhero movies, and that's part of what the problem with the suck. DC ones he's done. <laughs> yeah, um, the problem is Zack Snyder. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean, they even there's even now I like this movie, I enjoy this movie, I'm very excited. But there isn't even there's even a shot thrown at them. Later in the movie, like they say a joke of like, oh, like someone makes a comment about the outfits they're wearing. It's like, what do you expect? Yellow spandex? And <laughs> it's like a blatant, you know, it's a blatant dig. Because mm. Wolverine's traditional costume is the right. yellow yeah. spandex. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But there's like, there's like better ways to do that. Like in the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle movie, like instead of putting April O'Neil in a yellow jumpsuit, they gave her like a yellow trench coat, you know, like. There's like ways you can refresh the character's outfits yeah. and still. Well, it all depends not- on if you're doing it, if you have respect and reverence yeah, for exactly. it, or if you're like, yeah. this is right. dumb. Like, mm-hmm. which. Yeah. Well, maybe, Brian maybe projecting. Had so much respect and reverence. I mean, he's just oozing uh, it all the time. Well, he was actually on the set the entire time this movie, so that's that's a big plus. Wow. I don't know if you know anything about his. his How do these dicks get to direct movies? I'm right here. White male privilege, <laughs> Ash. White, White male, male privilege. God. I think I, I think you hit it in the question, dicks. That's yeah, that's yeah. yeah. Able to do it. Uh, maybe if I just you know. Wear a mustache and a wig, like Hugh I believe you have done that in the past. (laughs) (laughs) 
don't give it away, they'll know, Sam. But that that is interesting, though. Yeah, because it kind of has that is part of the seriousness of the opening of this film and some of the content, like how serious it's taken. Uh, a factor of what I'm I'm probably just projecting as like shame of working on a, a comic movie instead of like the serious movie Brian Singer wanted to make or something. Hmm. I don't well, know. I mean- he came right from this. I mean, he came right uh, from uh, Unusual Suspects to this. And he he really pitched himself very, very heavily to um, to make this film. Like, he, Okay, so uh, he like, really wanted to do it. He really wanted to do this. But he really wanted to do it because he wanted to take the characters, because he liked the characters and what was being pitched to him by, by Marvel, and take it and do what he wanted to do with them. Which is why he was like, screw this. I'm not having any comics on the set. I'm making it. We're writing a completely original thing and we're going to just take these characters and do whatever we want with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, and I mean, again, I, there's, there's a lot of like really great stuff in this movie and the second movie. And in fact, I would go so far as to say X two is better than X one. Like X two, there's some really good, like super solid character development, uh, really, uh, really smart arc. He was going to, if you really look at it, he's going to go right into the, the the Phoenix Saga. He was trying to actually do the Dark Phoenix Saga because he really fell in love with that idea of the cosmic force taking over somebody and doing the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And then he, then, you know, because he's Brian Singer, he screwed all that up and they brought in Brett Radner, I believe, to, to, to oh, do the third God. film. Yeah. And that film, that film is ridiculously awful. Yeah. Um, but I mean, but that, and then it's so funny, he's so obsessed by doing the Phoenix Saga, then then later on when they do the reboot and they go through Fe- uh, Days of Future Past, which I liked, I actually thought that was pretty good and First Class and all that stuff. They he's leading back up again through to do the Phoenix Saga. He's like, this is his chance. He's going to do the Phoenix Saga. We're gonna we're gonna redo it. This is my chance to actually do what I really wanted to do. And then he wasn't even on set half the time. Like <laughs> the second unit director directed most of the film. Man, like, it's a, like yeah, it's ridiculous. It's a franchise that has r- ridiculously wide range between the best and worst of the movies. Because I'd say the first two original X Men, very good movies. Um, Logan was phenomenal. I, I felt like the Absolutely. Wolverine was pretty good. Um, I really liked First Class and Days of Future Past, and then like X Three, Dark Phoenix, Apocalypse, X Men Origins, Wolverine. Ugh. I mean some from very some very warm garbage <laughs> like, yeah <laughs> i didn't even watch most of those because i was like and we're done it's we're good we're good no i, I what i love about logan is that the, it's obvious the the uh, who, who did that i forget the gentleman's oh. name and did that um uh yeah i'm, I'm on, I'm on I got it. Really good. but like he uh he, it's obvious he took his reverence for the old man James Logan Mangold. Story. James Mangold. He and I and I believe he had they, he wrote it too. If I'm not mistaken, yes, right? yes, he did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he took his reverence. Well, story, for, but yeah, yeah. So for the old man Logan storyline from the comics, mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. and was able to then take that and then take his reverence for I think in that, in this case the first two X Men films and make something that really in my mind is the third X Men film. It's like this is like if you really watch mm-hmm. uh, uh, 
uh, X1, X2, and then Logan, that, that's the perfect trilogy of those films. You could be done at that point. And then mm. you have a complete story arc and a, lot, uh, a, you know, a good story arc of what those characters have done. Basically, if you listen to everything that's going on, you know where everybody kind of ends up to. And it's it's pretty great. Like It, it ends on a sort of a, um, a jubilous of note of the fact that there's going to be these new mutants that are going to take, you know, that are going to be the next generation. And it's a really great story. Uh, that's, that's great. I, I, I love uh, Logan. I remember I saw that in Sweden while I was on tour in Stockholm. Uh, cool. And, and most people speak English there. So, you know, I not, not even uh, subtitles. I just watched the film like normal. It was great. It was awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, that's that's dope. We saw that with uh, uh, Hector Navarro and uh, at the the mm-hmm. pyramid in L.A. and that was like in black and white. Yeah, the oh yeah, if you get a chance oh, to see the white, black and white one, that yeah, that's it's. I don't know, it was, it was really, really cool. I've never seen it in color. I've only seen it that one time in black and white. Oh so. wow! I still haven't seen it, so maybe oh, I should. You gotta go, and you don't really. Yeah, Listen, I would do what I'm I never thought of that. The Marvel Crunch that. right now. Then I'll jump on to John's yeah. suggested X Men Crunch. <laughs> no, but I like that a lot. That, that does. I've never heard that before, but I like that. Where uh, X One, X Two, and then do Logan. If you want just a really tight, good, yeah, like, the best of the best of the X Men movie, like the X Men universe movies. Those three, I, I would argue, you can throw in First Class. I think First Class is very good. I think Days of Future Past is okay, and I think The Wolverine is okay i was talking to brett about this i think the wolverine is really good up until the very end um mm-hmm. but uh yeah i mean i, I think what helped this movie too the this one we're about to watch is the cast is pretty stellar you got sir pat stew and sir ian peace yeah. just those two mm-hmm. are so delightful halle berry halle berry mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. who's not um, given a lot to work with who's not given a lot to work with you got the james marsden and yeah. the he's so great famke yeah. pronounce her name Fam- yeah famka famicom uh, uh <laughs> ray park aka darth maul oh yeah wow yeah it's a good cast um i don't know most of my notes here are just fluff honestly did you know uh Serene mccallan and patrick stewart did not know how to play chess. What? <laughs> what? Yeah. <laughs> that is adorable. Two fine English gentlemen, they don't know how to play chess, there's a, really? There's a scene yeah, yeah, yeah. where they sit down to play chess, and uh, they don't fucking know what they're doing. Oh, wow. No. That's Did awesome. Did they first meet on this film? That's a good question. Was this like the origin of their adorable friendship? I don't um, know. That's a good question. I hmm. hope so. I, it's going to be in my head now. There was a thing on Twitter a couple of days ago where someone said, if you could have one celebrity read you a bedtime story, mine was, who would it be? And mine was definitely Sir Ian. Oh, awesome. <laughs> that's pretty good. Have you been watching Patrick Stewart's uh, uh, hanging out in a chair reading Shakespeare? What? No, I've, I like dipped in. Yeah, I haven't like been doing a deep dive on it. Um, Those are fun. But yeah, they're so good. I think we should watch this movie because I'm really excited for it. Yes. Yeah. Yes, or do predictions, indeed. right? That's what we do now. Predictions, yes. 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 We're so Pat. good at our own podcast. Hey, wait, Me? well, we usually start with the who's not seen it, right? And oh, has yeah. anyone not seen it? Ash. Ash. No, I've seen it. Oh, you've seen it? Okay, we've yeah. all seen it. Hey, that's the first one in a while. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> wait, just really quick. I just looked it up, and this is the film where uh, where they their friendship started, which oh. is adorable. Like, so I imagine being... 
such seasoned, you know, actors from that, from the, I'm, I bet that's a tight knit community. I bet they yeah. knew each other, but yeah, I could see this being the jumping off point for them. Being really close. Yeah. Yeah. Spending all that time together. Anyway, sorry. Who's going first? Oh, I was going to start it off. Uh, I'm very excited about this movie. Uh, ah. This is, uh, <laughs> I don't recall it reaching the like the heights of where Logan ends up being, uh, but it was like such a in the in the timeline of the superhero franchises. Watching it from from the you know going the sixties camp to you know the the Burton like weird goth to to this stuff, and then into like this is like the last of. Th- the the pre Nolan this and Spider Man and then you get like Nolan and then everything's like hyper gritty after that like this was mm-hmm. an interesting transition uh transition point from Burton's goofy camp and like the sixties goofy camp into the seriousness and I feel like I don't know if like Nolan was inspired by this stuff where it's just like oh man these are like real serious kind of movies uh but. I think just from even just from the historical like cinema standpoint of where comic book movies have were and have gone since then, this is feels like an important place because I think this was this was before Spider Man, right? Spider Man was yes. two thousand one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, so this was like maybe the first time oh. that we saw real serious superhero. I'd say second, second was Blade your... was ninety eight. Oh yeah, but Blade was also campy as hell. It was just like yeah. But it was super, I mean, it was rated it R, was, so it was like, it's, yeah. But it's good. But yes, also, yeah, so, yeah, Blade had a lot of firsts, so I don't know, yeah, probably Blade. But, like, <laughs> you know, the, again, the opening scene of this is going to really set the tone for, I think, not just the movie, but kind of, like, the next ten years of superhero movies. Can I, because I can, like, literally just build on that very briefly sure. for my predictions. Is Yeah, I'm excited, I think it's going to be good, but I think... these movies this movie in particular and that first blade and this and the first spider-man hold a special place in my heart because brett you're right this is kind of that turning point where it's like these can be legit good movies good stories that are that take themselves seriously not too seriously but the right amount of like the kind of the right balance of seriously but i think it's relationship blade is important because this is a step forward where blade kind of opened that door i think it's very serious it's it's grounded, but and it's technically a comic book. Blade was a Marvel comic book character, um, but it's also not uh, it's not comic booky because it's it's action and vampires, right? And vampire movies have been around forever, so it wasn't as much of a leap, I'd say, for the general audience. That mm. one, this is taking that a step further, where it's okay. We have this. We're gonna build on that. We're gonna do it with superheroes, though, guys. So that's kind of a, another step for something that maybe people didn't take as seriously. So it's kind of like Blade is that first step, and then there's this, and then you can see it with the first uh, Tobey Maguire Spider-Man, where <laughs> you know more colorful suits, more comic booky, and it's kind of each one you can see a progression, you can see it evolving, and still being serious, still being good, still having weight, but getting closer to like a comic book on film on screen. So, yeah, I have a big, big love for these, especially in how my, you know, where I was just big love for these movies. Because I was like, yes, see, they can be good. You can take this stuff (laughs) and you can do cool shit with it and not make it like too campy or tongue in cheek. Or like, you know, if you take it seriously and you have 
respect for the material. It can be good shit. Mm-hmm. Not to imply oh, that yeah. the, uh, the the 60s camp stuff wasn't respectful. It was just a, like a different, totally different time yeah. for what stuff yeah. was. Yeah, Come absolutely. Um, Brett made me watch this like what, last year? Oh, we watched we watched uh, all of the Wolverine appearances leading up to Logan when that came out in like 2017. Oh, was it that long ago? So that was a while ago. Um, I don't remember anything about this movie except the opening scene. Okay. Yeah. Uh, So I don't know. That could go either way. That could be great or that could be bad. It could just be that we watched all of them in the span of like two days. Yeah, we watched like six movies in two days. So I don't know. I think it's going, I don't know. I think in many ways we might be disappointed because the comic book bar has been set so high uh, in recent films. So Mm. I could see us kind of expecting it to live up to that hype and being disappointed. Um, So I'm, I'm going in with caution. Okay. Well, John, you clearly remember this. (laughs) <laughs> oh yeah, very what? Very much so. Um, what are your I, uh, predictions? My predictions. Um, I I still I would like to think it holds up. Uh, I'd like to think that. Um, and um, uh, I don't view this particular film, or and I never viewed this particular film as a quote unquote superhero um, story. Uh, Spider Man is a superhero story. He gets in a he gets a, he gets the powers. He gets the suit. He gets he gets in and he starts immediately for trying to fight crime because he feels bad because uh, he let that guy kill his uncle. Like that's immediately talking about like the direct relationship. Man, to- spoilers! Jeez, no, I'm just know, kidding. I <laughs> uh, that direct, you know, like direct relationship to your powers. Like that's mm-hmm. that's that to me is. Oh, uh, you know, like I have power, so I have to fight crime. Like that's you know, I have to, and that's not what this story is about. Like this is like. I have powers. Oh no, I'm a freak. What am I right. going to do with these? What you know? What's going on? And it's really about the warring factions of the Brotherhood of Mutants and the Xavier Mutants or the X Men. Like it's that's really the the focus of the story. It's less about you know like the standard superheroics and more about the science fiction of people with these powers and how they're dealing with their powers and because they're so different. Like and again, of course, the and this is what the allegory was in the original comics. But the allegory for anyone that's different, and the original allegory was uh, for you know civil rights and you know and uh, about race and race relations. And in this case, because Brian Singer like almost beat it over the uh, over the head over over again, this is definitely about like you know gay rights and about like you know. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, how one fits in because of something that they can hide from the outside and still seem normal. Cause unlike race, right. You, you know, you're, you can see very queerly, clearly that you are, uh, <laughs> clearly? I know, right. <laughs> what a Florian slip. Uh, but you can see there, you very clearly what, you know, that if you're black or whatever, but uh, if you're gay, that's something you can hide. And these people are hiding their powers, hiding who they are. And, uh, and, and at the school, at the Xavier School, they actually can be who they are. So I think the metaphor of it being about you know uh, LGBTQ and who that what that is and being proud of who you are is very prevalent in this. Um, and I I remember that being such a big sticking point uh, in my head, like it's something that I remember like thinking about as that allegory and what that was supposed to be. So I'm hoping that still holds up, and that's not just. 
a um, something that I thought of now and I'm using now the sort of the, the way that I look at the world currently as a uh, the support the way that I looked at the film back then. But mm. I used to tell everybody about this movie and I was I evangelized evangelized this movie so much like guys seriously this if you watch this even if you don't like comics you like this this is so good and i i converted many people um because of this movie back in the the 90s so anyway uh that's that's what i'm thinking nice right on how long has it been since you've seen it uh the last time i've seen it i'm sure it was like on a plane sometime probably like you know maybe 15 years ago okay so that's a good amount of time for the test that's good Mm -hmm. I I think I haven't seen this since maybe when it came out. I do remember seeing it in the theaters and I remember liking it, but I like Sam do not remember anything about this movie. Uh, I do have the IMDb page up and just seeing a picture of Halle Berry's hair. My expectation is that this will look extremely 2000s in the <laughs> outfits oh, sure. and the haircuts, for sure. Um, but I've never, uh, I never knew that perspective you were talking about, John. So it'll be interesting to go into this this time with that perspective while watching the film. So I'm definitely excited. I'm, I think this is like perfect timing for me because, like I said, I've been all into the Marvel films lately. So this fits right in with everything I've been watching <laughs> right on. I think it'll be oh. a good time, even though, you know, it's Brian Singer, but Oh, well, what are we going to do? Yeah. What All right. Do? Well, uh, I think that's, uh, that covers the predictions. Uh, we're going to pause the recording here and go watch, uh, X-Men and get, go and hang out at the, uh, Billy Madison mansion with professor X. <laughs> X gonna give it to you. Gonna give it to you. What? 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 <laughs> oh, Nailed it. I do not know the words to that song. <clears throat> what the deal is? <laughs> I feel like naturally it would have been great if the movie actually ended with that as the credit song, though. Yes, that would have been really- gold. Yeah, it needed some like pump you up music there at the end. That's for it sure. It wasn't. It wasn't the era where they. I feel like they would have thought done that. Like now, people would be too cool for that. Or so, I feel like they blatantly ripped off the uh, uh, the Fight Club opening like CG zoom through a human brain thing. So I figured mm. they would have ripped off the Fight Club like pop song for the credits. It was a year before. Oh, I mean, where is my mind by the Pixies kind of fits with Professor Xavier. Oh, that's true. <laughs> yeah, there it you really go. Does. Yeah, it really does. Yeah. I think the score. I think the score at the end has a little bit, at least to me, it sounded a little bit just like the uh, the nineties X Men cartoon theme. Oh, it was a little. Was a little uh, yeah, there's a little bit in there. There you go. Uh, there is a uh, hilarious, I'll link it later after the fact to you guys. I'll send it to the email or something. There is an amazing um, video out there somewhere of someone like singing a song to that, to the theme, but just basically describing what's happening with all like the <laughs> montage of the different characters. It's like, and nice. then there's claws. It's like Wolverine's claws. <laughs> <laughs> 
It's like, here comes the hero crew. Oh, there's the bad guys too. (laughs) (laughs) Love it. Well, guys, I'm just going to come out the gate and just say this movie stole a lot from Umbrella Academy. I mean. (laughs) 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 Just kidding. I think think the reason why you think that is because you keep watching things out of order. I think that's why you think that. I have always wondered, though, like, was it? It seems like Umbrella Academy was heavily inspired by X-Men. Oh, I, I think he's has said as much. Like, oh yeah, but I mean, yeah, I think Jared's joke said say, that. Yeah, yeah, and I'd say the trope of like the school for gifted people at this mm-hmm. point is ubiquitous and not necessarily owned by anyone. Wait, I'm like, sorry, I mean, we're putting the, the, a school with with kids with special powers. Like, yeah, well, that's that's like, a billion dollar idea right there, Pat. Write it down. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> never been There's, done before. But what and, if they yes, have magic X-Men, and they're hiding? And yes, and yes, X-Men started in like the 60s, the comics and stuff, so they could claim one of the early titles to that. But that Probably. I mean, that's a concept I feel that is um no, don't get me wrong, if you're gonna do that, you gotta find an, a way to make it your own. If you're if you're someone out there who wants to do a story that that's the underlying premise, you gotta figure something out to make it different, of course. But yeah. Yeah. I did really enjoy Stan Lee's cameo in this. Did you yes. guys catch it? Yes. yes. His, his as, silent as, beach cameo. Yeah. Hot dog vendor. Yes. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty great. And the and the writer of the the movie is in the uh, is one of the Statue of Liberty uh, guards. Oh, oh really? yeah. Interesting. Did they That's manage fun. to keep up the Stan Lee cameos um, in the X Men? In the X Men movies, yeah. Hmm? Mm-hmm. Oh. I mean, I think he was literally all like X-Men, Spider-Man, of course, all the MCU. Mm-hmm. Yep. He's the Wilhelm scream of Marvel. <laughs> yes. Not anymore. RIP. Oh. Oh. Pat, bring it down. They should sigil- hey, every I was time- not even going to mention his name because uh, someone randomly liked the tweet. I, by the way, this is really funny because like three days ago, someone randomly liked the tweet I tweeted on the day of his death about like how much he had meant to me and stuff like that. But that was like that was a while ago. Why are you why are you liking that now? Creepy. On the internet. Yep. And you also bummed me out. That's like when someone likes your Facebook photo from like five years ago, and you're like, mm, cool. yikes. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Especially the ones of me when I'm in my bikinis and stuff. I mean, those are like and then it's real. They're like, okay, creeper. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. It's worse when they only like the bikini photos. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, like, skip, skip, like, skip, Well, like, like 90% of Pat's photos are, so it's hard to really. Mm-hmm. I know. I'm know. surprised to see you're wearing a shirt today, bud. <laughs> <laughs> I've bought more because I've been doing the, we've been doing the Twitch thing, Brett, you know, and they have pretty strict rules on that when it comes to the, the nibble area of what's allowed <laughs> to be shown. So I've bought more. Do they? Shirts. Interesting. No, they actually are. They're like super strict. On Twitch that. has a weird rule about odd numbers of uh, nipples on screen at once. Like you, two is bad. Three is oh, fine. Okay. I would really like you to test this. <laughs> Please. <laughs> yeah. You cannot be shirtless or anything on Twitch. Or, uh, yeah, it's, oh, I see. Mm-hmm. Interesting. I don't want it getting sexy. No. Mm-hmm. 
But should we talk but, about X-Men, guys? Yeah. yeah. I, guess so. I guess that's uh, what we're doing. Oh, you know, Wolverine, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sexmen, please. I bet you Twitch would let Hugh Jackman come on topless. Yeah. He, they he can't stop him. They can't. Mm-hmm. I think no. they could, actually. They would just stop the stream. But No, but I mean, like, physically, oh, can, right. can you? So, yeah, but- we were t- we were talking about at the beginning how the X-Men story was like the um, metaphor for for gay rights. And so, yeah. like, is the plot of this movie that th- they were going to, like, let's make everyone gay. Oh, was Magneto building a giant gaydar? The gazer beam. I don't oh. think it's, like, so, literally. I mean, it, it was gay. But, but to be fair, I'd say, like, it's gay rights. There was a little bit of like civil rights too, like racial civil rights in the X-Men's yeah. Genesis as well. I mean, yes. I think it's, I think if you want to get broader, they're basically just supposed to be a metaphor for any minority or yeah. um, any uh, marginalized group. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It but was, to, to John, yeah. you made a really good point though, early on how like one thing that with uh, gay rights is that's something you can kind of hide where a lot of mutants can hide. Well, some can't though, because of their appearance, but um, it is very interesting, but I yes. guess yeah, they're they're well. No, his plan was turn the world leaders into mutants, so then all the most powerful people would be mutants. So why would they go against mute their own kind at that point? Yeah, right. Well, except he knew it was going to kill them, so I think it was more like kill all of the world no. leaders. Well, no, he well, didn't. Not to the very end, he didn't. No, no, not he didn't. He, he, he didn't believe them when they said that the dude died. Oh, oh he yeah. didn't believe them. Oh, because they did tell him. Yeah. I think they. I think he thought they were just trying to talk him out of his scheme. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't think he'd really care though, like if he was killing them or not. He seemed like he was going out of his way not to kill people. Mm. Well, except like, like, for so the cop make, scene, he, he didn't want to do it. He's very Magneto is very. I have no problem killing people if it suits my. Ends. Yeah, exactly. I don't relish it. I don't enjoy it, but I feel right. the ends justify the means and. I will do whatever it takes to make this happen. Yeah. That, he that pretty much g- says that in the beginning. Yeah. yeah, he does. He actually says the Malcolm X line and he means necessary yeah. at so, the end. So he as far as yeah. says that direct, directly to, mm-hmm. to Xavier. And that's the thing is the civil rights tie in too is um, very, very, very loosely of course. Okay, but you know, Magneto is kind of a loose allegory for Malcolm X and Xavier is a loose allegory for MLK. Right, mm. kind of different so vibes or approaches. Interesting, because I I kind of was like the X Men. Is that like a Malcolm X thing? Hmm. That, I mean, that's been their whole thing throughout the course. They were good friends. That's the history of the X Men. They, they were good friends, and this sort of split of the way things should be done or ideological split kind of drove them into uh, enemies. Hmm. Hmm. Correct. Mm-hmm. Which I think is really interesting, and and it's like I literally just watched civil war last night and the comparisons like the the, are so similar this whole idea of these like friends like torn apart by their beliefs there's Mm -hmm. even like you know they want in x-men they want the the mutants to all like have to register and civil war they have to sign this document like you know agreeing that Mm -hmm. they'll all restrain so it was really interesting watching them back to back because i think civil war is the better version of this story, but, um, but the story still had unique things. Like I really love, uh, Wolverine and rogues relationship. I think it's really interesting. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I remember was talking liking about that. that too. Yeah. Yeah, I thought that was really cute. And then like to memory, I don't think they really come back to it a lot. I feel like there's a little bit I in mean, the they second have, one. I mean, they have the whole, a big brother little sister vibe thing kind of mm-hmm. throughout, but he's, it's not he's the, he saves her at the end. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, like in the in the other movies, I think this. Oh, this was I like, mean, I, yeah, they laid yeah. the groundwork. It's, there, for it's a not whole nearly thing. as much of the focal point, I think, is. Um, I mean, next two is more about him finding out his origin, right? Mm-hmm. Which is neatly laid out in the first uh, in this movie, where they're like, "Here's the sequel setup. Here you go." Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it was clearly intentional for sure. I will say, you mentioned Pat the the wig and sidebirds and. No, Brett did. Uh, oh, right, right, Brett. And I could not tell that it was a wig and sideburns on him. Like, I didn't think it looked bad at all. I feel like on it only Wolverine. really stood out in that very first, like, introductory fight scene where, mm-hmm. like, they got they did, like, a real slow close-up on his face. I was like, all right, I can see it a little bit. But, yeah, it, was, it wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. I mean, it's nowhere near as bad as Storm's hair that's, like, obviously a wig. A oh, bad, yeah. bad wig. Yeah. Also modified in the future films. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is a fun, fun fact I didn't get to share about the oh. uh, the costuming and special effects. Uh, apparently, so all of the everybody's weird eyes and Storm's eyes and uh, um, saber tooth thing going on. Uh, Storm's eyes had to be done in uh, CG because she refused to wear the contact lenses. Uh, because they were so uncomfortable and like something was weird about them where they could only wear them for like an hour at a time. And oh. uh, I can't remember the actor's name, but the guy that played Sabretooth left his in for too long. And when they took it out, he was blind for a day. Oh, no way. Oh, <laughs> like, oh man. That would be that's terrifying. Yeah, right? that is terrifying. Ugh. Yeah, my neighbor left her contacts in and like slept with them in one just like one night. And got like a crazy serious like eye infection that Ooh. lasted for like a month or something. Gross, Ash. Why I didn't do it. I thought Toad was a very interesting choice for a henchman because I feel like for the most part, everyone else was pretty marquee in the X-Men verse. All the mm, characters right. they chose. Or yeah, um, of that era because they definitely didn't yeah. go with the, the original slate of uh, X-Men. They went right. with like, the ones that became popular in the 90s cartoon like Wolverine. Yeah. And stuff like or, that. Like yeah. That's, yeah, he was mentioned in it, Henry McCoy. But yeah, Beast is notably absent from this first one, and he was. Yeah. Really in, uh, it's interesting what they did with who they made the adults and who they made the children because, mm. like, having Iceman as a teenager, Iceman was one of like the original. Yeah, he's really he's you know, and then the Archangel comes in as like a younger kid in later movies and things. So it's interesting who they chose to be the grown-ups and who they chose to be apparently the uh beast was supposed to be in this but uh they were like no we're gonna save his him his introduction for the next movie uh and so they wrapped all of his like science stuff into uh, jean gray oh oh interesting yeah. just just to be clear beast is different than beast boy right yes yes beast is okay. big blue furry furry boy okay furry i'm trying boy. to figure out for some reason the chat in this server is not letting me put pictures i'm trying to do like send you guys pictures of like the Hugh Jackman side by side from beginning to the end of these movie series. Cause this oh. transformation is amazing and also beat, but uh, I, I have like a serious plot question about this movie. So Magneto's or magnet boy, as we call him in this household, his whole plan 
<laughs> was to transfer his powers to Rogue. And then Rogue would then power the machine. But the part that I don't understand is like, how are you going to make her physically do the thing? Like, it seemed like the machine just did the thing. But if you think about it logically, you have powers. You must have, like, you must have to use the powers to activate the machine, right? Like, it doesn't quite make sense that human a human being just puts their hands on it and it just works. Like, wouldn't you have to use your powers and it amplifies your powers or something? Yeah. It's, there's a few questions involved with, with the rogue's powers in general because it's like... Well, I, I will say, I feel like they've established with the character that when she first absorbs them, they, kind of, she kind of, they just kind of happen. Like mm-hmm. when she absorbs... Like, she doesn't have control of them. Oh, okay. So maybe okay. like he, she absorbed and they kind of go off. Mm-hmm. And that triggers the machine. Maybe. I guess that makes sense. I just kind feel like she could be like, I'm not going to touch it. You know, like, I don't know. Like, couldn't she just be like, yeah. I don't know. Well, she's trapped. I mean, she's connected to it. Mm-hmm. I mean, any skin to skin contact is, uh, allows her to have her uh, her power. So if she if he, she's held there basically with like bonds mm-hmm. onto the thing, all mm-hmm. you have to do, I mean, there's some kind of remote switch. You hit the remote switch. The it's just going to take the power of whatever, and then the control is actually being done by. But the power of whatever part is the question. I get what you're saying. It's like, like I don't. I do get what you're saying. I think. I think she's a battery, not the not the control. Yeah. Oh, okay. the, the battery okay. does not choose to power the device. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. all right. They they could have a they could have thrown in something because the only other person she steals powers from is Wolverine to heal herself and that was Mm -hmm. obviously we don't we we don't know whether she intentionally like took the powers and then consciously used them or was like I just took the powers and then they happen inside of Mm -hmm. me when I take someone's powers. Uh, If you want to get that nitpicky, you could have done a scene where she absorbs someone else's powers and lost control, like like a fire person's like, oh, a burst of flame. I can't control it when I first absorb them or something like that. Right. But I feel like it's small enough that it's like the the other moment was like the dude with the bullet, and I was like, just (laughs) move your head, just move your head. I was confused. You know, he was having a bad day. You gotta give him a break. (laughs) Maybe he had fillings, and Magneto was holding him in place by his fillings. Okay. Yeah. Uncomfortable. That does sound painful. <laughs> My nitpick moment is uh I just can you guys come up with a narrative reason mm. for the thing to be on the Statue of Liberty versus like Midtown Manhattan? Because it's overlooking wherever the summit is and it's remote enough that they could set set it up. I mean, not Damn. remote, but it's like lawyered. But it's so far it's, away from the people they want to harm. Yeah, no, it wasn't. It they be, were right. It'd be too obvious right to do it on a skyscraper. They were on a different island. People, someone would be looking out their window at you across the street. Like, did no one notice they were building that whole thing on top of the Statue of Liberty either? Like, I guess not. He used his magnet powers to re- to mess with the iron in your bloodstream, so you forget and don't see it. That's a different movie, Pat. <laughs> no, honestly, they did though, that in what's the funny second is one. I love I love comic books. I love X Men, but they get throughout the history of X Men comics and the different iterations, they get real fast and loose, but with what magnetism powers can accomplish like <laughs> they get real fast and that's loose. that's in the comics or that's in just this movie 
no in the, in the comics. comics like with what okay. eventually magneto, can, magneto can just like fucking like alter the electrons and atoms or something right he just becomes i can do anything guy yeah uh there's like an alternate history series called age of apocalypse where he and rogue are actually together magneto and rogue are together and he's able to create like a magnetized field around his body where they can touch skin to skin, but it doesn't hurt him or something like that. Yeah. But he's, but I mean, she's not a, like they're more closer in it. She's like, she's not a teenager, but he's he's definitely older than her, but I was going to say, why is everyone so obsessed with Suke? Suke. Suke. (laughs) You guys not true blood fans. I'm aware. (laughs) I'm aware. I've seen it many times. I have watched one episode and I said, I'm good. Well, this movie, this movie was basically just true blood. So oh. Sookie's in danger and everybody's got to go save her. Yeah. Uh, uh, I think it holds up. I think this movie holds up. I really. Oh, do. yeah, yeah, yeah. I enjoy it. Yeah. It only fell up. into what I like to call the if they had cell phones paradox a couple times. Oh, yeah. <laughs> if this was if this was just a few years later how things could have changed, you know, like that mm-hmm. scene on the train. It's like, let's just call them. Okay, great. We'll leave. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it too. Yes. Or the, like, obviously the CG at times does not hold up great, but I was surprised that overall I felt like the movie held up a lot better than I thought. In fact, like besides everything Storm is wearing, the outfits aren't <laughs> terribly nineties. What? I thought it was great. <laughs> Oh my god, Pat. Storm no. was fine. What was terrible was Rogue's like weird gothic scarf. The co- oh. like the hood, like the really? in the beginning, the like dramatic hood she's got over her head. Yeah. Like that's I feel like that would draw way more attention to yourself yeah. than no. I don't know. <laughs> leather pants are pretty bad, guys. Sam but had she, to but work it's fucking Barry. Of all the people to rock leather pants, it's her. If she True. didn't have the wig, mm-hmm. yes, all I right, think it would fair. work. But the wig plus the pants. I mean, all the right, character yeah. Storm does have white hair. That no, I know. Yeah, but the the wig is just so bad. It was just so. Uh, I mean, it's one of those things where when you're watching a movie, you're you know, if you know it, like you know, ninety percent of the people you're looking at are wearing wigs in movies, but it's like. Even so, you know, we know it's going to be a wig. It could have been a little less like, that's just a wig that just popped in her head. Like, there's nothing. It doesn't look, yeah. there's no, you know, like, well, it's, give her it's a like, hairstyle. Even the, see, like, it's just, it going into her scalp. The bangs <laughs> yeah. are just so 90s, horribly 90s. Like, nobody has bangs like that anymore. Thank God. So there's like a, uh, I feel like I mentioned it on one of the previous episodes recently, but like, the uh being able to feel the writer's room uh mm. and there's only a couple of moments in this that had that for me but it was every time they tried to crack a joke uh for the most right. part uh except for i feel like the one that really got me was the you should wear your seatbelt and then uh, <laughs> yeah like smashed through the front windshield ejected to safety yeah <laughs> and like they even held on him as he slid across the snow like did they intend that scene to be funny? Because it was fucking it hilarious. Was funny. Yeah, I that's my cool. favorite one was prove that it's you, and he's like, "You're a you're dick." dick. Yes. Yeah, that was really which good. Is, which is the best line, and then it, it precedes basically the worst line in the film, mm. which is when uh, yes. she says, yes. she says, "You know what happens when a toad is struck by lightning?" Oh my god! Pretty much everything that happens, or anything else. Yeah. All of those lines, by the way, were done by um, a, the who wrote the punch-up script, who was Joss Whedon. 
Oh, oh no. no. So the best line in the movie and the worst and line the in the worst. movie are both by the same guy. And, and you tracks. know what? Yeah, that tracks for Joss. <laughs> I don't know if it's a good line or a bad line or a nothing line, but I have like people I know that we for like twenty years the we just it was inside dumb joke things. We would quote the uh does it hurt every time <laughs> just <to> each other, <laughs> like yeah. I could see that being hilarious in certain situations. Hundred percent. Yeah. That one. Yeah, it's tough when you can like you can tell when there's punch up in a, in scripts when you're just like this is this is a funny moment, but it's not necessarily like true to the character. You know, like characters, it's like shoehorned in there, kind of like that exact moment with um, Storm, where it's like, okay, you were you were just trying to give her a cool line. She had but- like two lines in the rest <laughs> of the movie. Yeah, 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 like she hasn't done anything to deserve a cool line as a character. Nor was that a cool line that you gave her. Yeah, it's like you did not establish Storm as a character who quips. Yeah, exactly. You're a dick was amazing. It was in mm-hmm. character and totally justified. Exactly. There I feel like there was there was another line in this movie that I was just like gross. It was when uh Wolverine is like, What, you don't wanna try reading my mind? Are you worried that you might like it? And I was just like Ew. I'm glad you said that because I remember that part. It's like, oh man, they used to like do the creepiest shit not yes. too long ago in, in the name of like flirty banter. Like, yes. And then she goes yeah. to read his mind, and I was like, stop. No, there's no reason why she would do that. That was yeah. gross. That but would she, not like, work. She did do the thing. Like, it didn't seem like his creepiness was completely out of left field because she was like, he was like, hey. And she was like, oh my gosh. Oh no, I have a boyfriend. But like, but like the thing that doesn't date well is the whole concept of like girls liking that when we don't true. actually, and true. Hollywood just thinks we do. It's like he didn't outright say it, but the underlying the undertone was, you know, you like me, you know, you exactly. Like me. Even yeah. She's like, no, her my words are saying no, but mm-hmm. like, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> but they used to do that all the time, oh, like eighties, yeah. nineties, early aughts with that shit, like with the bad boy. Yeah, and I mean, it wasn't like. Um, What's his name? Laserface. It wasn't like Laserface was any Cyclops. better. Cyclops. Thank you. <laughs> Laserface. <laughs> um, there is a character in the Taser Marvel Taser universe Face? called Taserface. Taser uh, that's what I was thinking of. Yes. I really um, want to see your X Men knockoff with Laserface. <laughs> Laserface. Yeah. The magnet boy. Magnet boy. Yeah, magnet boy and laser face but he's all like stay away from my woman like she's his property yeah i hated that line that was <laughs> that awful. was gross well, okay See, that was grosser than yeah. wolverine's thing it's gross but uh, like I wasn't just- he just like throwing it back in wolverine's face because wolverine's <laughs> yeah. the one you say is the part where you say stay away from my girl and then he actually said what i thought was kind of vocal like if i had to do that if i felt the need to say that she wouldn't be my girl like which i felt was kind of oh. right exactly yeah. I think he just threw it in there as like an extra fuck you. Yeah, I think so I didn't take it that way. That's fuck you. Exactly. I don't take that as being like him actually meaning that. Like I oh, take it as like he's okay. being because as he if he would have just said it straight out, you're absolutely right. But he just got done saying if I, you know, if I really felt that way, I wouldn't, you know, if I really need to say that, she wouldn't really be, you know, my girl. Mm. You know, like mm. I um yeah, I think that's not that's yeah. not too bad. I took it as him being like, yeah, I'm like too cool for that. Like I don't have the like that bullshit masculinity vibe in me, but I'm just gonna throw it back to you as like a fuck you. 
Mm. <laughs> Bad at toxic masculinity. <laughs> I'm not used to this, but like, woman is my property. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not a fan. Uh, at least the woman wasn't the prize, though, so that's good. Okay, but a little bit. But she was the damsel in distress. Yes, true. But at least. But they wanted her because of her power, because she was so powerful. Yeah, no, I'm just being. Yeah, I'm being. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Here. She had more dimension than. Just <laughs> I'm being, being misogynist like... <laughs> advocate. <laughs> but I'm kind of, I'm kind of with you. Like it didn't feel like woman is ob. Actually, fall exactly like that. Damn it! Like she was, she's the powerful object, but it wasn't because she was. It's like, not sexual. Pretty. Yeah. yeah, exactly. No. Yeah. yeah. Uh, am mm. I? Am I broken in that? I feel like Deadpool 2 was more of an X-Men movie than this movie. <laughs> well, there was like a clear <laughs> absence of X-Men in Deadpool 2, which uh, is kind of the joke. They even make yeah. a joke out of it. How but I think like, nobody's home. We were talking about how like <laughs> this movie is a hundred percent a Wolverine vehicle. Like yeah. it's Wolverine. It We start there and like, He's it's, he's the hero. Cool he's got the Wolverine. arc. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and like the X Men are d- totally supporting cast, if relevant at all in this. Whereas yeah. like Deadpool, they were they were the legit helping sidekicks. Yeah, hmm. and it was <laughs> all about like a kid with like superpowers, and they're trying to like convince him to like choose the path of right, which feels yeah. way more X Men than this. So <laughs> the whole thing with Wolverine. I love Wolverine. He was one of the very first superheroes as a kid that I latched onto. Like every kid who grew up, I feel like in the eighties and nineties, because he's cool, tough guy, badass, and yeah. he can't be hurt, and he fucks everybody's shit up. And it's like, of course, you like Wolverine because I'm a basic ass bro. Um, <laughs> but there's really, it is really funny that he's like one of the most popular, but the uh, the most famous number one villain of his superhero team is someone who can control metal, and he is all metal on the inside so it's like yeah. you are totally useless against our number one foe don't know if anyone here watched way back uh at this point it's gotta be like six seven years old when the pete holmes show on tbs it was like a sketch variety show he had for like yeah. two years on tbs he did skits like uh it'd be like superhero hr so it was, <laughs> he he had a skit where he was professor x and it was thomas middleditch was playing no it wasn't Tom. it was someone else was playing uh wolverine and he's like basically firing him from the X-Men because he's like, cool guy, Wolverine, everyone's favorite. And he's like, we're going to fire. He's like, why? Like, oh, I number one I bad guy controls metal. This. Yeah. <laughs> made of metal. Like, it makes no sense. Like, I can literally kill you with my mind. Go, leave. You're useless. Like, <laughs> but he is still really cool and awesome. Yeah. Well, I it, love him. It's interesting that you guys say that because I felt more like, even though Wolverine does save the day in the end. It felt more like Rogue's complete story arc to me. Like, she has a bigger arc, it feels like. I mean, I guess he has a good one, too. But, like, we start with her, we see her journey, and then she meets Wolverine. And, you know, it seems to all revolve around her. It does, but she didn't seem to do a heck of a lot. No, yeah. She, she touched people, it. Brett. She she touched people inside, physically and, and emotionally. Yeah. yeah, she softened Wolverine's heart. <laughs> so it, I'm not going to say it bothered me in this particular movie, but like 
that thing where they have to, you know, justify every single thing about a character. And like another one of those, like I can feel the writer's room moments was uh, the, at the end rogue. Uh, and they're like, wait, isn't she supposed to have the white hair? Oh, narratively. There it is. And I was just like, oh, she could have just had that the whole time, guys. Well, like, they couldn't give it to her the way they actually, way she gets it in the comics. She gets it in the comics because she actually steals the powers of, uh, of Captain Marvel. Mm-hmm. Oh, what? permanently, oh, that's like right. permanently, she permanently, like she permanently absorbs the yeah. powers of Captain Marvel, and it, it, it's so traumatizing to her that she gets the white strip in her hair. Oh wow, oh, I so. forgot that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, then she can fly cool. and is like super strong and stuff. Yep. Oh. She would have been mm-hmm. too OP for this movie. Yeah. 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 Okay. Um, how awesome would that be? It's a new movie though. Well, oh, it's, I, I, I think the rumor, I think the, I think there's a strong chance we see rogue and Captain Marvel together. I think this that absolutely happens. Yeah. I think right. I saw something on IMDb or something about that. That was grouping them together. Yeah. But I didn't know the reasons why now I do. The more you know. Future spoilers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's coming. Oh, no. People get me mad about Spoiling future movies that haven't even been announced. <laughs> Don't make predictions. They might come true and then I won't enjoy the movie. <laughs> I still think the sequence at the train station with all the guns and everybody. And then uh, you see the full strength of Magneto's powers. Who mm-hmm. uses it, by the way, through the entire movie so casually, which I love. I love yeah. how he just like opens doors and just moves things around. Anything that would norm, you know, you would just normally have to, you could just pick it up or whatever. He doesn't pick it up. If it's metal, he makes sure he teleports it to his hand. I love that. And then I love how you can then see exactly how powerful um, uh, Xavier is that he's able to control those two main mutants right there and, mm. and, and be and, and basically talk through them. And not allow them to uh, to do anything. You see right there how strong both of those guys are, and why mm-hmm. they are in such a stalemate yeah. with each other. Yeah, so they did do a lot of cool stuff with Magneto. Him using his power, like the little balls on his desk, where people have this. Yeah. He's just doing it with his mind back and forth, absentmindedly. <laughs> well, um, my favorite was when he pulls the senator's chair to follow him as he's walking, yes. and then he puts his hand up like stop, as if the senator's controlling the chair. You know, when he reaches the <laughs> end, he's like. <laughs> yes very theatrical yeah, they, yeah totally they do cool shit with his powers they do crazy shit that doesn't really make sense with his powers in the comics they do some cool ass shit there's actually an arc where he uh rips the adamantium out of wolverine's body Ooh. and wolverine almost dies obviously and is like yeah. in a coma and then he has bone claws for a while because he's got all this so he literally rips it molecule by molecule off his skeleton Ew. yeah yeah through his skin where did he get the bones for the claws? He's always had bone claws. He always had them. Yeah, oh. that's why. That's part of his mutation. Mm-hmm. Oh, and then they just replaced them with metal. Yeah, they no, put they're the coated. Anime. So like they all his bones are coated over. in metal. In oh. like antimantium. In antimantium. It's, a, it's <laughs> yeah. like a marinade. It just clings to the outside. Not vibranium. That's MCU. Not vibranium. It's adamantium. Gotcha. Unobtainium. Or if you're playing D and D, adamantine. There you go. <laughs> uh, I think this movie holds up. Uh, I really do, and um, I think um, with you know with a few minor uh, nitpicks about uh, CG and uh, you know just living in a world where um, uh, that type of thing happens, I feel, still think the main story uh, plays. I um, I think the character uh, the characters, with the exception of Rogue, are all very well uh, flushed. Uh, not Rogue, but um, <laughs> Storm. Rogue Storm. is actually pretty good. 
Storm yeah. is 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 like a waste. She has nothing to do. It's, it's such a talented actress with absolutely nothing to do. And um, but it's it's good. It's it's a good movie. And it's it's uh, I I was proud back in the day to be able to say, hey, you should watch this, and then think differently about uh, comics and comic characters. And I can still say that about this movie. So there you go. There you go. You're like you're like the kid that liked it. It was cool before it was cool. You liked it. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's me, the total hipster. <laughs> <laughs> Comic book hipster. Comic book hipster. Com- comically hip. I enjoyed this movie as well. I feel like I talked a lot of big game about the historical importance of the, the seriousness factor in the beginning. And after watching it, I might have overstated it a little bit because it was definitely way more goof than I thought it was going to be. Uh, but like all of the stuff they tried to do, uh, except for jokes, worked really well, uh, w- which is surprising for a movie uh, that is now 20 years old. Uh, I'm, yeah, I, I, I got a. I had a good time watching it. Me and Sam were cracking some jokes along the way, but like it was all fun. Oh yeah. my god! I I just have to quickly put in that like thanks to you pointing out that they didn't know how to play chess. It was fairly obvious when watching that <laughs> scene that they didn't know how to play chess. <laughs> that is wild to me because those if they're if you put those people in a room with like oh uh, if you told me put ten people in a room and Patrick Stewart and Ian McKellen were two of them and told me two people in this room do not know how to play chess, they would be the last two people yeah. that I would have <laughs> yeah. like, guessed. Hopefully they know now. Anyway. Y- you never know. Yeah, I think I I feel a little bit of column A, a little bit of column B. I agree with John. I feel like it held up way better than I expected it to. But also I kind of agree with what Sam said early on where like now that we're so spoiled with really good, you know, comic book movies – I can see, you know, like that to me, it was the action scenes in this movie don't really hold a candle to what's to come. You mean like um, when Rogue just took her foot out and bitch slapped the guy in the face like it was a fish the helicopter? Tail? Yeah. <laughs> in the helicopter? <laughs> was that Rogue or Mystique? Mystique. Sorry, Mystique. Okay, yeah. yeah. By the way, yeah. did you notice how like stilted and weirdly cut the uh, uh, Mystique versus Wolverine fight scene was? And it's a hundred percent because there was vomit everywhere. <laughs> yes, and also I noticed how she's like flipping around and shit. So no wonder she vomited everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> I totally forgot to look at that scene through those lenses. Damn it! Oh, it was pretty funny. Missed um, opportunity. I think there was like some heavy CG in there to cover <laughs> some of that as well, but. Uh, but yeah, so I mean, that would be my criticism is like, you know, the fight scenes and the CG aren't quite as good as they are today. Um, but I think overall it held up pretty well. It wasn't like my favorite story, but I really loved the Rogue and Wolverine characters and, and their whole plot. And it makes me just want to see more of, of their story. Totally. Um, yeah, I agree with what Ash said and what I said. I think. I agree with myself. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, I think I had a little bit of trouble watching it because I saw it for the potential it could be if it was made today, um, as opposed to like how it really progressed the comic book movie genre. So, um, I mean, kind of retrospectively looking back on it with that lens of like, 
yeah, it really did take comic book movies to a new level. I think it was pretty remarkable. The story was fun. Um, like Brett said, some of the jokes were a little dated. Um, and I would love to see the Marvel people make a new X-Men movie today. I think it'd be awesome. Because well, right, it's just been make one not that long, but it wasn't Marvel Studios. No, that's not, that wasn't MC, yeah. No, yeah, it was still Fox. Yeah, yeah the, the mutants have not appeared in the MCU yet, and I think we're going to mm-hmm. see mutants in general before we ever see uh, directly related to X Men. Because that, yeah, the X Men because of uh, Dark Phoenix and some of these other awful train wreck movies that brand <laughs> is a little, that brand's a little tarnished right now. Oh, yeah. yeah, which stinks because like yeah, this was at the time of this movie, X Men was like. X-Men and Spider-Man were the two most famous, most like pop Marvel properties. Absolutely. By miles. Yeah. They really, really beat those horses. Yeah. I enjoyed, I, I of course I enjoyed it a lot. Uh, I'm trying to say, how do I, I got an itch now. I want to sc- scratch X-Men wise. I'm trying to decide if I go, go watch the X-Men cartoon on Disney plus or if I bust out old comics and read them or a little of both. That theme um, song's a banger. Yeah. I might have to, uh, Enjoyed it a lot. I do love me some Wolverine. I the one thing about Storm is what sucks is she's a great character who has a lot of very complex backstory, and also she's a fucking god basically. And they really did her dirty with how they wrote her though in these movies. They underpowered her. They like made her way less use. Like that's if I have one big gripe though, it's they didn't know what to do with her. You have this great actress, perfect for the role who's a very talented actress. You have this good complex character and um, they just didn't know what to do with her. Cause she yeah. should be, she's basically a fucking God. She should f- fuck shit. Up. It's like Magneto Xavier and then in like Jean Grey and then like in the power scale. And she's like right up there with them. She controls mm-hmm. the fucking weather. Like, but instead she just does fog. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or it's like she forgot she had powers. I feel like in a couple of the fights, like at the train station and then at the end too, because it's like she'd be kind of getting fucked up and like, oh yeah, I can just like zap uh, <laughs> fucking Zeus this motherfucker with a lightning bolt like, and Seriously. call it a day. But overall, very much enjoyed it. John, I'm really glad you suggested that. That was has been a very long time since I watched it. So thank you. Oh, great. Yeah. Yeah. Super well, awesome. Fun think uh that's generally positive reviews for x-men yeah um john uh you want to tell the listeners uh where they can find your stuff uh just go to cardjohn c-a-r-d-j-o-n.com cardjohn.com and uh if you're interested in seeing cool magic right in your own home uh i can help you out with that and i can say i have seen john perform and it is very cool well thank you ash <laughs> you're welcome all right well thank you very much for coming on today Oh no! Yeah. Thank you guys. I appreciate it. Uh, I'm glad to uh, talk some uh, some uh, cr- early pre uh, prehistory Marvel pre and yeah. prehistory Marvel with you guys. Well, thank yeah. you. This was like perfect timing for me. It fit right in. <laughs> All right, speed speed wrap up. All right, Ash, engage the audience. So if you want to follow us, you can follow us on Twitter or Let's Rewatch. We're at Let's Rewatch. And we do fun things like Twitter movie polls where you guys can pick the movies. Or I will post a screenshot of the movie so that you guys can guess the movie we're watching if we didn't do a Twitter poll. And Ralph came in for the win. 
Ralph, like Ralph, Ralph, nailed Ralph. it right away and guessed this one. So good job, Ralph. Right on. Uh, yeah. So if you liked our podcast, please give us a positive review on Google Podcasts and Apple Podcasts. What's the one everyone listens Spotify. to? Spotify. 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 Yeah. It's, yeah. We need love on Spotify. Hook it up. Yep. Pat, tell them about CPOV and the Discord. Yeah, uh, this is our second or third show we've recorded as an official part of the Certain Point of View Network. Woo! Very excited to be yeah. there. So mm-hmm. you can go there to CPOV or CertainPointOfView.com. I should know this, certain, right? Probably. P- certain POV. Yeah. Yeah, dot com. com. The, what Brett said, dot com. Um, <laughs> but you need to get that. You need to scoop up that address. Uh, check us out there. And there's a lot of really cool other shows there, like Another Pass with Case and Scruffy Nerf Herders, which we've been on, and Screen Snark. Fun and games, Dole Whip and Dreams. There's a ton of really, really cool shows with some even cooler people on them. Yeah. And instead of a Facebook group, I mean, there's a Facebook group, but we're not really doing that anymore. Go on the Discord. Uh, there's uh, links uh, on the uh, CPOV website. Uh, join the Discord. Join the conversation. Uh, get in on it. There's a whole bunch of people on that server. But yeah. And that's this this uh, the certain point of view Discord, right? Yeah. CertainPOV.com. Just to be clear. All the info is there. Anyway. Thanks again for coming on. Join us next week when we watch Sick Serial Insane Clown Killer. Okay. Wow. <laughs> All right. Hello. My name is Hans Martin Jr., your real movie critic. If you enjoy discussing upcoming movie news, looking at new trailers, and reviewing the year's hottest movies, then tune in to... Hey, 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 Hans, Hans! What? Are you doing the promo without me? Uh, yeah, I am. How come? Because everyone knows I'm the better host of this podcast. Oh, it's like that, huh? You think you can review movies better than me? Uh... I don't think I can. I know. Oh, we'll see about that. This is... The Real Movie Critic versus... The Cine Guy. Mondays only at CertainPOV.com or wherever you listen to your podcast. We're also on Spotify and iTunes. You're going down, critic. Bring it on, guy. Hello, you wonderful human being. How do I know you're a wonderful human being? Well, if you're hearing this message, it means you're listening to a certain POV podcast, and that makes you awesome. Thanks for your support. This is Pat Edwards from the Let's Rewatch podcast, and for those of you who don't know me, I'm an author. My latest project is a new 5th edition D&D campaign book called The Red Opera. Inspired from the musical album and stage show of the same name, The Red Opera sends you on a twisting saga through dark and dangerous city teeming with intrigue, magic, death, and betrayal. And warlocks. This book is lousy with warlocks and all the mischief that comes with them. (laughs) So here's what I need from you, you delightful slice of podcast listener cake. Go to the pre-launch page on Kickstarter and simply enter your email to follow the project. You're not committing to anything. You're just saying you'd like an email notification when the Kickstarter goes live, and then you can browse the truly outstanding reward tiers we've added to decide if you'd like to support the project. 
To find the pre-launch page, you can either go to theredopera.com, or if you go to my Twitter handle, at thepatedwards, my current pinned tweet has a link. Again, thank you so much, you beautiful spoonful of human sugar. Love, Pat. CPOV. CertainPOV.com.